Well, what's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. Hope you're having an awesome day. Hope you are excited to be here. I don't know why you came to church today, but man, I'll tell you what, I hope you came to experience the presence of God, uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit, because He's here. It's a big deal. It's awesome for those of you that are watching online. You are part of us. You're on a screen, but there is nothing like being in a room, man, when God's presence shows up. Like sometimes we can feel it through, in, through a screen, but man, being here is so significant. Like I hope that you're experiencing that. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing. I'm excited about uh, sharing with you today during this time. Uh, so at different times in my sermons, I share bits and pieces of my story, my testimony. So I wanted to share a little piece of my teenage years with you before I get rolling in the message, but really kind of an intro into it. So when I was from 15 years old to about 19, I call those my roller coaster years where I was, you know, kind of close to God and then I would fall away and close to God and then not. And I grew up in a Christian family, so I knew what it was to be close with God and to struggle. And so if you're a teenager, uh, you don't have to experience what I did, right? You can stay close to the Lord constantly and pursue after Him. Uh, but I, I went through some struggles and made some decisions that I'm not proud of. And, and so, but after my freshman year, while I was at Oral Roberts University, private Christian school, right? I'm there, I was, you know, 19 years old. And like, that's kind of when I got to the point where I used the word surrendered. I just kind of surrendered. I was like, God, I'm tired of running away. Uh, I, I talk about running. I was, I was running away from the Lord. And the, the phrase that makes sense to me is my legs just got tired. I, got, I was tired of running from the Lord. I turned back to him, began pursuing after him. I knew there was a calling on my life. And I just was finally like, finally like all right, I'll do it. And I'm good. And I was excited about it. So I, I re, re, reached this place where I knew and I kind of surrendered to the reality that I knew there was a calling on my life. And it was to bring transformation in people. Uh, it was to bring transformation amongst people that I knew, friends, family, communities. And here's why I share that is because I believe that you have the same calling. I believe that you are designed by God to have an impact and to make a difference in the people in your world around you where God has put you. And th that's why we wanna launch out on this new series called Change Your World. And so you can do this. You can bring about change, you can bring about transformation, you can be that type of person that lives this out. And some of you, you might need to surrender to it. And you just go, yep, I, I know it before and, and I'm, I'm gonna walk into it now because wherever you are, whenever, in any time of the day, any day of the week, God can show up and he can use you in a particular scenario. And sometimes it's often just with one person. You know, we think we've gotta have this big platform with lots of people, no, no, no. Changing your world often starts with one. And sometimes around here, we, we use the, the phrase, your circle of five. The, like there are probably five people in and around you and your life that you can impact in a positive way to bring about change in them. And so this series is meant to mobilize the church, to mobilize us to be an impact in our community. Because some of you, you've experienced this verse. It's 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, the new has begun. Some of you have experienced that. Your legs got tired, you surrendered. Old, past, right? Now new, exciting. And if you've experienced this for yourself, now our responsibility is to bring about change in other people. That's our purpose, that's our calling. And so if you're following after Jesus, you are called and, and meant to be sharing with others. And so today in Change Your World, the, the, the focus we're gonna have during this message is about salt and light. 
And so I wanna pray though, before we get rolling in the passage of scripture about that. And so Lord God, we come before you and Father, I thank you for this opportunity uh, to talk, to share, to, 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 to communicate, Lord, but truly, Father, would you speak? Uh, Lord, right now we're open, we wanna open ourselves to you, our mind, our heart, our body, soul, spirit, our, just our story, who we are, God, and we, we want to tune into you and what you have for us. And so, Father, I ask that you would speak through your scripture. Lord, the power of your Holy Spirit is in this place and ask that we would be sensitive to that and recognize what you're doing. It's such a big deal. In your name we pray, amen. So let me read to you uh, the passage of scripture about salt and light that Jesus gives to us when he taught in Matthew 5, verse 13. It says that you are the salt of the earth. Everybody say salt. Salt, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light. Everybody say light. Light. You're the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. And so our purpose is to change our world, right? Bring about change. Now, there are some specific words that we need to point out in that. It doesn't say the, it doesn't say you've got to change the world. Because when, when we say that, we go, oh my gosh, that's such a big, big thing. That's seven point whatever billion people. How in the world am I gonna change the whole world? That's God's job. God sent Jesus to change the world, but you and I, we're to change our world. Like the, the ones that we're in and around, the ones that we have influence over. And so it may just start with one and we've got to recognize that. And so this is going to be a little bit of a challenging passage, a challenging uh, sermon that we're going to touch on some really, really deep passages of scripture that are going to minister to you. And I, I promise you, some of you, you're going to struggle with this. It's going to be hard because you're gonna have to make some changes. Like the way that you're living right now is, is, is not lining up with what God has for you and live, you accomplishing, the, bringing about change in your world. And so there's an adjustment that has to be made. You know, you, know, you know adjustments, like we all make adjustments, don't we? We make adjustments in our life, we make adjustments at work, we do things differently. Uh, let me just share just a funny example. A few years ago, I had this brilliant idea that I wanted to be more ambidextrous. Now I am not ambidextrous at all. I am right-handed, right-footed. And I was like, you know what? Uh, you know, my shoulder gets sore sometimes. You know, what if, you know, who knows? So I need to be better with my left hand and my left foot. So I literally, I would purposely put my hand and I would do all this stuff with my left hand or whatever. And, and one evening, getting ready for bed, I decided that I was gonna brush my teeth with my left hand. What a terrible idea. I'm still like shocked I have teeth left. It was like this violent battle between my toothbrush and my, and my mouth. And so anytime that we want to attempt to do things differently, it feels awkward because it's different, but it feels awkward at first. You know what I'm saying? where it's at the beginning where we're changing things and we're going, oh, but then we start to get the understanding. We start to get a little bit better. I am not ambidextrous, but 
I believe that there is a challenge in our lives that we have to bring about some change in us so that we can be like a catalyst to bring about change in our world and the influence that God has given to us. Do you see yourself as a catalyst? Do you see one that's to bring about motion and, and action? And so we have to be and live in such a way that people notice, that people see it. And for some of you, that might be awkward because there's some things that have to change. So to be and live the way Christ designed, it may make some adjustments in our lives. And so the thing that I wanna point out in those verses where it talks about salt and light, Jesus says that we are salt. He says that we are light. So what that means is we already are. So if you follow after Jesus, he says, you're, you're this already. You are salt. You are already. You're bringing about flavor. You're bringing about light. He didn't say be salt. He said, you are. You already are that. So we already make things better just simply because we're following after Jesus. Just, we already bring about light and brightness just simply because Christ is inside. We're already doing that. But sometimes we're not. And that's the unfortunate side. Some of us, we've kind of shied away from some flavor, from the presence of the Holy Spirit, and our light has begun to be dim. And I actually believe that this is across the American church. I, I was trying to think of what word I would use to describe, like I was like, do I use the word epidemic? But you know, it's just, that's kind of used a lot, you know, over the last couple of years. And I just, I believe that the American church has gone silent in just being, you know, who God has already made us to be. And that's unfortunate. We've lost some flavor and we've gotten dimmer. We've stopped telling other people about Jesus. We've stopped sharing just our story. You know, you have a story and it's a transformational one and we're just not telling it to anybody. We're keeping it to ourselves. We're afraid of what they might think. We don't want them to think we're weird. We want them to like us. We, it feels awkward. I wanna change that. We wanna bring about change in that, that we actually might get a little bit more comfortable with just simply talking about Jesus, talking about church, talking about our story, how we're different now. And so what we wanna do as a church is we wanna create a movement. We wanna create a movement of Christ followers that are willing to live this out because they already are, it's already inside of us and just let it come out. And so that's where we have our vision statement as Grace Church and our desire and passion. We really truly wanna transform the Space Coast. It doesn't say the world. Do you see that? It doesn't say we wanna change all the people in the world. Like, no, no, no. It's just the Space Coast where we launch rockets. Like it just is so cool. This is where God put us. This is where we are. The towns in and around this, this area, this region, our county, with the radical love of Jesus, not normal, radical, different, audacious, bold, powerful, something different, not just normal, but so significant. And so in order to accomplish this vision, we have to change. We can't be silent anymore. Like it just is not gonna happen by us being quiet and reserved. And so there are different times in our life when we 
have to change. We've all experienced change. You've experienced change in your personal life. You've had to make some adjustments. Maybe you were at work, you had to change some stuff at work. So there's, there's different reasons why we change. I'll give you just a, a few and explain them just briefly. So one, one of the reasons we change is when we're hurt, right? If we're hurt enough times, we change. So if that guy or, or multiple guys like hurt you, you go, I, I just, I can't date guys like that. I can't be with guys like that anymore. I have to be more, you know, particular on who I'm picking, right? And so just because the hurt and the pain, it's like, man, I have to build up walls and understand and, and I need healing and like that. I can't do that anymore. And so it's uncomfortable to experience the pain. So we change. Another one is we're inspired to. Maybe you see somebody and you go, man, they just... The, the, who they are, what they do, how they lead their company. They're, they're inspirational, they're encouraging. And, and you go, I just, I wanna be more like them. I wanna take on some of the attributes that they have. So we change, we adjust how we do stuff and how we lead or, or the opportunities that the Lord puts in front of us. Another one is education related, where we learn. We read a book, we watch a TED talk, we go to a conference, we learn how to do something different and we go, oh, I was doing it this way the whole time. Now I can do it this way and it's better, more effective, more efficient. We do that all the time. We bring about training, training videos, right? Just the reality. And, and so maybe we learn to do something at a higher standard or you know, with better quality or, or, or just with, with good values, a better way. The other one is when we've received so much. You know what I'm talking about? Where you just, you go, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of really good at this. I know what I'm doing. And so I need to bring about change and help others experience that. So we're empowered to bring about change in and, and, in and around the people around us. So I wanna share just a, a brief snippet of my story. So when in 2004, uh, Pastor Nicole and I, we moved our family to Jacksonville. We helped to start a church up there. We moved back in 09. But there were some very, very specific things that the Lord revealed to us in planting Grace Church. One of them I will never, ever forget. So I'm from this area. I went to high school in this area. Like, this is my home. So when we were in Jacksonville, it was great. And we were doing what the Lord had led us to do. But when we came back, the, the phrase that just kind of stuck with me was, I was now becoming a missionary among my own people. Does that make sense? So a missionary is a person who goes to an area, you spread the good news, whether it's a tribe, a nation, a country, whatever, you, you know, you, you do that with intentionality, but this is my home. And so, but my perspective was now different and how I was to live and it was so very cool. And so what I wanna do is I wanna share some specific principles uh, about what this looks like for us, how we live this out. How can we make a difference? And, and, and live out the, the salt and the light. So the first one is, is so valuable. It's where, where we value people. Um, do you value other people? Are, do, do you want relationships in your life? Do you wanna make a connection? Do you see somebody and you go, I just, I just need to get to know them. There's something about them. Do you, do you see somebody and you say, hey, I just, I just need to hear their story. Like what's going on? And so when we value people, we actually are being like Jesus. Well, when we do that, that's exactly what Jesus did all the time. He valued people, not just certain people, not just special people, the smart, the intelligent, the, the business owner, the rich. No, 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 not just those. He valued all people, every 
single person. Jesus saw them as valuable. This is what he taught in Matthew 25, starting in verse 35. It says, for I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick and in prison or, and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Now, we, we get outreach, we get serving other people that are in need, we totally understand. Do you realize that Jesus personalized that? He says, when you're doing it for them, for everyone, for anyone, you're doing it as unto me. And so Jesus takes that and he's like, yes, you're doing this for me and what this looks like. And it's, it's incredible, it's so powerful. So if, if you're here or you're watching online and you go, you know what, I really need to get closer to Jesus. I need to follow after him. Do you know what you need to do? Serve somebody. You just need to love on them, encourage them, bless them, whatever it is, whoever it is, it doesn't really matter, help them out. Value people. Doesn't matter if maybe they're a little bit dirty or smell different or hold a cardboard sign or they're in the cubicle next to you or they're a single parent. That doesn't matter, really shouldn't. We value people. The next point I wanna share with you actually comes from uh, one of my friends. So pastors, Matt and Sarah Keller are the pastors at Next Level Church. And they basically are, are the apostolic covering for Grace Church. Uh, that, that's how they function because Pastor Nicole and I are in, a, in the next level relational network and they lead that network. There's 130 some pastors uh, in that and, and we just, so they lead that. And so we, we're, we just love them. We've been a part of that for nine years. One of, the, one of the points he says all the time is my second point in this message is that we add value. Okay, so we value people, yes. So because we value people, now we add value to their life. So let me ask you, just kind of reflect on your life right now and think of the people who have added value to you, added value to your life. Maybe when you were a child, a teenager, maybe you're in college right now, maybe young adult. So whatever season of your life, think of those. And honestly, I hope the list is long. I hope there's a number of faces that you're thinking of right now that added value to your life, where they loved you, that they listened to you, that they helped you through the hard times. You knew you could count on them, where they look at you and they say, let me know if you ever need anything. And you, you believe them because they're telling you the truth and they were there for you. They added value that's so significant. When you were hurting, they showed empathy they usually are some type of positive influence in our life, right? That's why we're thinking of them now. Be that. Be that type of person to anyone, someone around you, your world, your sphere of influence, the five people around you, whatever it is, I, I, don't, I don't really care. Be the type of person that adds value to those that are around you. Be a person of influence. So don't just simply think about it, but actually do it. 
because actions add value, intentions don't. There've been plenty of times where we've intended to do something and accomplished nothing. So be that type of person and let it come out in you. A couple of months ago, um, I noticed that my neighbor's yard, uh, his grass was growing a little bit taller. Now I live in a neighborhood where you're not allowed to, to have that happen. And so I know this because they send me letters uh, about my grass and they inform me, they're like, hey, you either need to take care of this or you need to hire somebody. And I'm like, what? Like I, so, you know, I do my best to, you know, tr to do the yard. I have my boys help me and we're not great at it, okay? We're not, I'll totally admit that up front. But my neighbor is, you know, and, and I think it's great. It keeps it like every single Saturday, you know, you, you, can't, you can't make noise till 8 a.m., uh, so I'm, I'm not even kidding you, 8.01, like it's going, he's ready. Saturday morning, he's got his routine. I noticed his grass was taller. I'm like, what's up? Like, what's, something's wrong? Like, what happened? And so I just, I was like, hey, I'm gonna mow my grass. And so I just kept going. I was like, I got my mower and I went over to his grass. I just go through my driveway onto his driveway and over. So I was making stripes in, in my yard and I just kind of carried over. I just kept going. Uh, into his yard and would turn around and I would come back. So I mowed his grass and I, I ain't gonna lie, like I tried very hard to make sure the edges were straight and cause his yard is nice, my, mine not so much. And I, was, I tried, like I gave him my best. And a couple days later, you know, he, 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 we were outside, we were coming home from work, you know, around the same time. And he's like, hey Aaron, what's up? You know, how you doing? Good, good, good. Hey man, did you cut my grass? Yeah, I, I did. He looked at me, he's like, thank you for doing that. I hurt my back. Um, and I haven't been able to do it. And so he loves to cut his grass. And he's like, I, I just, I, I couldn't do it. And he, he thanked me and all I did was cut his grass. And I added value to him, to his family, to his life. It was, you know, another thing that he's, you know, walking out outside of his house going, oh, I can't do it. And, and there it is, it's done. I mean, right, it's just, it's so simple, but it was so big. You know, and, and we talk about the circle of five, you know, add value to one or the five people that God has put in your life. He's my neighbor. They're not in a church. They're not following the Lord. He's my number one. I pray for them. I mow his grass. I talk to them when they're out. Um, it just is such a big deal that we do that just by being us. Right, just be who you are and add value, value people. And so there's a, another passage of scripture I wanna read and this one, man, this one will mess you up uh, big time. So this is 1 Corinthians 9. The apostle Paul writes in starting in verse 19, he says, even though I'm a free man with no master, I, I have become a slave to all people to bring many to Christ. When I was with the Jews, I lived like a Jew to bring the Jews to Christ. When, when I was with those who followed the Jewish law, I too lived under that law. Even though I'm not subject to the law, I did this so that I could bring to Christ those who are under the law. When I was with Gentiles, if you're new, like Gentiles is just simply who's not, somebody who's not Jewish. I'm a Gentile, right? So when I was with Gentiles who did not follow the Jewish law, I too lived apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. But I do not ignore the law of God, I obey the law of Christ. When I'm with those who are weak, I share in their weakness, for I want to bring the weak to Christ. Yes, 
I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. Everyone and everything. I would do anything. That's what he's saying. Man, that this will mess you up a little bit. To what degree, to what length are you willing to go to see somebody hear about Jesus? To what degree are you yourself willing to put your, to, to go into a posture and a position of being and feeling a little uncomfortable and awkward so that you might be the one that shares with them your story and how you came to know the Lord. Serve and add value. Because how we view other people, it matters. Our perspective on them will absolutely determine how we are viewing them. Our perspective on others. Let me give you an example. If you see somebody as weak, you're gonna help them out right? You, you go, oh man, they're weak, they're struggling. I, I need to jump in and help them out. I get it. If you see somebody is broken, you go, man, they just, there's some things in their life that are all jacked up. I can, I, can, I can fix them. But if you see somebody as valuable, you serve them. Do you see the difference? The perspective on people and how you view them. Do you view everyone as valuable? Because the first ones, right, we aren't really, we're not being judgmental. We're not being condemning or demeaning, or are we? Uh, but we see something wrong and we just wanna help, right? I get it, totally understand. But if we see others as valuable, that changes everything. It changes us, it changes the way we view them. We take on a servant's heart. So do you see everyone as valuable when you look at them? When you notice them, what are you noticing? What do you see? It shouldn't matter. Shouldn't matter who they are. Shouldn't matter their socioeconomic status. It shouldn't matter where they are on the corporate ladder. It shouldn't matter their religious beliefs. Do you, do you view a Muslim as valuable? Everyone and everything. Somebody's history, when they tell you their story and you go, ooh, does your perspective change? One of the things that has become very prominent in our culture is cancel culture. Uh, if you're not familiar with cancel culture, good. Uh, you, you don't know it, you probably aren't doing it, which is fantastic. But what cancel culture is, is a, a response to other people that we cut them out of our life because of differences. This happens all the time, all the time, where if somebody else thinks about something different, has a different opinion or, 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 is a, or doing some type of application in their life and it's different than what we think that they should do, we cut them off. Nope, nope, no, I can't, 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 walk, can't follow them. I'm not gonna talk to them, I'm not gonna text them anymore, cancel culture. And we feel justified and entitled to do that. And so what we basically do is we marginalize every single person that's not like us. I actually believe that I can love you despite our differences. 
I believe that Jesus calls us to that. It doesn't matter your religious beliefs, who you call God. I can actually love you and maybe just maybe the power of the Holy Spirit will work in that moment and you'll see Jesus in me and something will happen. That's what I pray for. That, that, that's what I believe. And so I'm challenging you. I believe the Lord is challenging us in mobilizing the church to actually live this out, to value people and to add value to their life. And then the third thing has to be true, where we live with values. This is so important that you and I also live with biblical morals, a biblical standard that we're pursuing the Lord. We're following after scripture. This is what allows us to have the light of Christ, right? This is what prevents us from covering up the light that's inside of us. It's like, hey, no, I, I, I love the verse where it says that we can become the righteousness of God. Are you kidding me? I get to become that? Just living it out, just enjoying people, just having values and standards. We become the righteousness of Christ. And the thing that's so cool is people are attracted to that. People go, wow, you know, they are a person of integrity. They are a person of character. And then it comes out and it's so impressive. In scripture, uh, it talks about the fruit of the spirit. I wanna read these to you. This is great for us to, to recognize that the Holy Spirit, it, it, it produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And so when we commit to lead a Christ-centered life, the Holy Spirit empowers us, he's inside of us. So what comes out is like fruit, right? A good tree produces good fruit. So when we're, when we're enjoying people and we're adding value, we're living with morals and standards, the fruit that comes out looks like that. It looks like the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's fruit should be evident. It should be seen. We should notice it. But it doesn't have to be. You can have Jesus and you can have the Holy Spirit and you can lack the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't have to be evident. Because unfortunately, sin separates us from God. But one of the things that's amazing is when we repent, it reconciles our relationship back with the Lord. But sometimes we struggle in that and we stay in a place where there's not a lot of fruit in our life. And so Jesus is saying, you are salt, you are light, but it's just not, you know, you're, you're lacking flavor and you're getting dim. So I just, I believe by you and I living according to biblical values, what happens is that opens up the power of the Holy Spirit in our life and we experience that and it just comes out. It just does and it's natural and that's amazing. So one of the questions I have for you is are your morals and standards based on scripture? Or do you just simply come up with your own and what you think is right and what you want to be right in that moment? And are you following Jesus and is it evident? Um, because I think when we are following him, we do the things that he did and then it's seen. And because if we're not following after him, then we're getting off track. And I, I am fully aware, there might be some of you here in the auditorium or watching online where you go, yep, that's me, man, I'm off track right now. And so I just, I believe that there's a step, there's a transformation that can take place where we surrender back to the Lord and we experience his goodness and his grace. 
And that's where we begin to see transformation in us. And when it starts with us, then it just kind of spills out into other people. It just does. We're just being us, just being who we are. It's not us, it's Christ in us, and that's amazing. And so when that happens, this is what takes place. Romans 15, two, we should, we should help others do what's right and we should build them up in the Lord. We should be doing this. We are salt, we are light. And so it should be affecting every single person around us. And the Lord sees us as valuable. We can see other people as valuable. He sees us as valuable. But one of the questions I've got to ask you is do you see yourself as valuable? Because if you don't see yourself as valuable, I don't think that you're going to be able to value anybody else. It's gotta start right here. It's got to be this personal conviction. It's got to be this personal commitment where we're passionate about the Lord. And I know there's some of you, you have not yet made a commitment to follow Jesus. And that can absolutely happen today in this moment. Some of you, you need to make a recommitment where you have gotten off track and you're going, man, I need to get back right. I need this, I need this so bad. And, and in just a moment, we're gonna pray and I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because you need that. It's just a response. It's, it's, it's a great opportunity for us. But then I also am laying out a challenge to mobilize the church, to bring about transformation, not in and of our own strength, but through the power of the Holy Spirit in your world, whatever your world looks like, everyone and anyone, that's what we're talking about. So cool, change your world. I love it. So if you guys could do me a favor, go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Uh, let's get into a moment of just personal reflection and reverence before the Lord. And, and so if you know that you need to make a commitment to follow Christ, you know that I'm talking to you, talking about you, and you know like, man, something's gotta happen. In just a second, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand because I know that there are some of you, maybe you're back to church for the first time or you, you've kind of, you knew you need to make this change and you're feeling that tug right now. And so I would just simply ask that you would slip your hand up right here in the auditorium. Just go ahead and say, yep, that's me, man. I need Jesus. I need to get back right. I need him. If you're online, you can respond as well. So important for us, such a big deal. Yep, I see hands. Go ahead and put them up. Like just, we don't have anybody looking around because we don't want to embarrass you, but this is our opportunity to respond to what the Lord is doing. Yeah, such a big deal. So significant. Today can be a milestone day. I absolutely believe that. So you can go ahead and put your hands down. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna pray. And I would just ask that you would pray along with me. You know, and maybe you wanna repeat these words after me. And, but God sees your heart. He's doing something significant in this moment. And so pray with me. Maybe you pray in your mind or, or in your heart or under your breath. Just maybe say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. I've been struggling and it's been so difficult and I'm tired of it. My legs are tired of running from you. And so God, now I return to you. Lord, I know that you sent Jesus as your son to lay down his life, to die so that I could be saved, so that I could have eternity in heaven. And Jesus, right now I, I confess my, my need for you, the things, the areas in my life where I've struggled, and I apologize. I am so sorry for all that stuff, but I believe that you are Lord and I'm asking that you would come into my life and that you would change me. 
I need your change. I need your transformation, Father. I'm desperate for you. That you would give me a fresh start and a new beginning because I've been trying on my own and it is not working. And so Lord, we come back to you. We pursue after you. God, we want you so deeply. And Father, I wanna pray a prayer for all of us, Lord, an empowerment prayer, Lord, a, a Holy Spirit type prayer. God, would you take your Holy Spirit in heaven, Lord, and, and, and your Holy Spirit is here in our midst. Your Holy Spirit is inside of us. And God, I just pray that you would cause that to elevate, that that would rise up, that God inside of us, that your Holy Spirit, the fruit of your Spirit, the empowerment of your Spirit, Lord, even in the words that we say, that we would not be concerned or afraid or that we would ha have faith and boldness and trust that you are speaking through us, Lord, that, that we would allow you to lead and show. God, I also pray right now that you would put on our mind and our heart those people, the circle of five that you've put in and around us that don't yet know you. They're not plugged into church and they, like, they are hurting. They are broken. They are, they are struggling. And, and you've put us in their life to be a catalyst. And so God, I pray that we pray for them right now. I lift them up in prayer, God. And, and wherever you are, picture their names, picture their faces, begin to pray for them. Lord, we pray for them by name. We know who they are, where our lives are pur purposefully intertwined with theirs. And God, that the fruit of your spirit would come out. We lift them up, Lord. We, we make a, a bold proclamation that the day of salvation would come unto them and their household, that they would experience your grace, your goodness, and who you are. Lord, we love you. We honor you, we bless you in Jesus' name, amen.